Mark chapter 3, verse 1. We've been in a series entitled All In. How long are we going to be in this series? I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun. So I'm not in a hurry to get out of it, but I think this is week five, which I think is the longest series in the history of my life. Um, but this is, uh, this is Mark chapter uh, 3, verse 1. And the Bible said, again, he entered the synagogue. And a man was there with a withered hand, and they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he, and he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm? To save a life or to kill? But they were silent. So he looked around at them with anger, grieved in the hardness of their heart. And he said to them, he said to the man, excuse me, stretch out your hand. Everyone say Stretch. Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. Let me just preach for a couple of minutes from that subject this morning. Stretch, 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 stretch. Everyone say stretch. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you um, that on the other side of our faith, there is always a breakthrough and an answer. I'm praying today that this message would encourage our faith and build our faith. I pray in the name of Jesus that uh, today would be a miracle day for many people. Lord, I do thank you for the last 24 months, the last two years, all that you've done. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Great things you have done. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. Psalm 115 says, not unto us, not unto us, but unto your name be all the glory. We thank you for this house that you are building. We thank you for the relationships we found, for the words we've heard, and for the future that you have for all of us. And we now ask that you give us the grace and the faith to stretch into all you have for us. Thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. amen. Let's give God one more praise. Come on this morning as we go to God's word. Stretch. Everything God will ever do in your life is on the other side of a stretch. <laughs> Everything God's ever going to do in your life is on the other side of your comfort zone. Everything that God is ever going to do in your life is going to be on the other side of an all-in decision. As we've said so many times in this series, so many people are saying that going all-in for God is impossible, but I've come to declare that being half-hearted is torture. <laughs> it's miserable. That the life that God has for you is an all-in life. The life that he's calling you to is an all-in life. And that when you'll stretch for that thing, I'm telling you, there is joy in it that is unspeakable and full of glory. The life of faith is not the most easy life, but it is the most rewarding life. It's not always the safest life because it's a little risky and it's a little scary at times, but man, that's where God meets you. And I want to tell you that as our flesh is constantly craving comfort, our spirit is craving adventure. Our spirit is craving a move of God. Our spirit is craving significance, and significance is only found in the stretch. Oh, my goodness. 
Significance is only found in bold steps of faith, leaving the comfort zone, trusting God, believing for more, walking out on the water and stretching for all God has for us. So I wanna, uh, and, and, and I know that in 24 months, especially if you've been with us, you've heard all this because I say all this all the time. Yeah, because this, we should really name City Light Church Stretch Church. Because <laughs> we're just, we're, I'm always declaring war on the comfort zone. I'm always declaring war on doing this on your own because the, I know that what, you're, what you really want is a life of faith. And what God really wants for you is a life of faith. And the reward is not in you just doing what you wanna do, but the reward is in doing it God's way by faith. And so I'm not, I don't know if I'm gonna say anything today that I haven't ever said before, but I, I kind of wanted to just kind of remind us of what we're all about around here and lead you into that moment of stretching because it's what God has for you. So, so if, if you wanna see God do something in your life, it's gonna take you stretching. So let me just give you three things I see from the text that are gonna be important. Number one, you're gonna have to stretch your thinking. You're gonna have to stretch your thinking. Let your, look at your neighbor and say, what were you thinking? Tell them that, what were you thinking? <laughs> have y'all ever had one of those moments? What were you thinking? I wasn't. <laughs> Why'd you do that? I don't know. <laughs> but, but to get what God has for you, you're gonna have to stretch your thinking. You're gonna have to think bigger. Uh, Jesus walks into the Sabbath and the religious people said, you cannot heal on the Sabbath. They had stinking thinking. They had rotting thinking. They had small thinking. And they told Jesus what he could and could not do. And they limited Jesus. The psalmist actually said of the children of Israel, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Jesus said about these religious people, I could do no mighty miracles. Why? Because they had small thinking. And for you to walk in everything God has for you, you're gonna have to stretch your thinking. As I talked about last week, let me just continue this point on now. This is really kind of point four of last week's message. Um, you're gonna have to break the rules. You're gonna have to think bigger. You're gonna have to think beyond the thinking that of, your, of, of your upbringing. You're gonna have to think beyond the thinking of your culture. You're gonna have to think beyond the thinking that your parents raised you with. You're gonna have to think bigger. It's kingdom thinking. It's big thinking. It's, it's supernatural thinking. You're gonna have to stretch your thinking. Everyone say stretch. stretch. You're, gonna have to, you're gonna have to think beyond limitation. And you're gonna have to think beyond the small things that you've already put around that have said, God, this is what you can do. God, this is what you can't do. By the way, if you've done that, then you've also spoken over yourself, this is what I can do, and this is what I can't do. It's those strongholds we talked about last week, 2 Corinthians 10, those safe places. And I said last week that when you're in a stronghold, you feel safe, but you're actually small. Preach, pastor. I'm trying. I'm trying right now. It's only 927. I'm trying to warm up here. When you're in the stronghold, it makes you feel safe in your own little thinking, in your own little fortress of defense and offense. 
But in reality, it's just keeping you small. Strongholds don't keep you safe. They keep you small. And certain thinking that you've, that you've brought into your life, you've brought it right into the kingdom. And Jesus is saying, you're going to have to change your thinking. You're going to have to stretch your thinking. Pharisees, you're thinking so small about my ministry. You're thinking so small about what God can do. And it's limiting the miracles that I want to release in your life. You're going to have to stretch your thinking. Y'all, I'm from a small town. I, I come from small thinking. I come from a small way of living. I come from smallness, and, you, and I had to break out of that. I had to break out of, of, of that living of just always being afraid I'm going to lose, of always being in the red, of, of, always, of always playing it safe because that's what you do when you're small and you got to think bigger. Last night I prayed for uh, a UFC fighter. He's in our church and he won last night. Glory to God. But I, as I prayed for Dan last night, um, him and his wife called. They said, would you pray for us? And, and I'm telling you, as I began to pray, everything in me, this is a grown man and I'm a grown man. And everything in me, Omar wanted to go, now Lord, just now help him if he doesn't win. Like it wanted, it was just, it was like right here. It was like a burp that was trying to come up while I was praying. And I'm going, Lord, you're going to give him the victory. Give his coaches wisdom. Protect him. Don't let him break a bone. I'm speaking the word. And the whole time I'm, I'm going by faith, this little small Berlin, New Mexico thinker's going, now, Lord, don't let him get his hopes up now, Jesus. Let him know that he has the victory in you, even if he gets submitted. It's just in me. And the whole time I'm praying, I've got these two voices. And there's this one big faith voice going, kill him, Jesus. Amen. You know, you know, it's UFC. And there's this other voice like, now, Lord, just don't let him be disappointed. If it... And I just, and I was like, get out of here. Where are you at? Get out. I'm just hearing this little, this little fly buzzing around my ears trying to keep me small and trying to pray a small prayer over him. So I said, Lord, give him the victory. Give him favor with Dana White. Give him favor with sponsors. Give him favor with Joe Rogan. Give him favor with, I started because there was this little small. Well, I resisted all that. He won. And I hope he tithes, but I don't know if he does, but I hope he does. I don't know if he does. I, I hope you tithe. So much of our thinking makes us feel safe, but it's only keeping us small. If you have put limitations on God, you will no doubt put limitations on yourself too. Here's what you can do, God. Here's what you can't do, God. Here's who you can love, God. Here's who you can't love, God. Here's, here's who you can save, God. Here's who you can't save, God. Here's the political party you can be a part of, God. Here's the political party you can't be a part of, God. And if you're not careful, you'll put that on God, and then you put it on you, and you make God small, and then you end up being small. If you make God small, your life will follow. If you make God fragile, your life will follow. But if you make God big, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, somebody. If you'll learn to magnify God and make him big in your life, your life will 
follow. Oh, I feel good this morning. Praise God, it's our birthday. Amen. Amen. They limited Jesus and they limited what Jesus could do. That led them to a small life, an angry life, a narrow life, an accusing life, a jealous life. Am I explaining you right now? Am I describing you right now? A bitter life. Y'all, the older I get, I'm only 36, I'm still young, but the older I get, the more tempted I am to live small, to live safe, to fight for things that don't matter. (laughs) I want to make sure that big things are big to me and that I keep small things small to me. And I better never confuse those because the moment I confuse those, the moment I just, I totally miss out on what God has for me. It's crazy to think that their smallness, because of their own smallness, they tried to make the ministry of Jesus small, his influence small, his impact small. Am I helping anybody today? Is this, I, hope I'm, I hope you're just getting bigger on the inside as I'm talking. I hope I'm just growing you right now because we got to think big, y'all, for where God wants to take you. So now look what Paul writes, the apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. Dear Dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, don't miss this. This wide, open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. God's not making your life smaller. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Let me unpack it. The smallness you feel comes from your upbringing comes from what you've learned. It comes from your culture. It, it, comes, from, it, it comes from all of these things that you, it comes from your, your circle of friends. You want, to, you want more money? Start hanging around with people who make more money. Start taking those people out to breakfast. How are you so smart? Why do you have so much money? What do I need to do? You start, you, the smallness you feel it's coming from the smallness within you. You got you to catch this. Paul said, I didn't do it. The ministry didn't do it. The Bible's not making you small. This apostolic preaching is not making you small. It's coming from within you. It's coming from your history. It's coming from small thinking. You've now entered the kingdom and you still got it. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. How many of us are so much more blessed than we give credit to? Your life is so much bigger and better than the way you describe it on social media. Your life's better than that. I promise you it's bigger than that. And you're so mad about one thing and and your life is so much bigger and better. But if you're not careful, you will take one small thing and you will make that your whole life or your whole day or your whole week. And now your life that's actually bigger than that is reduced to one little petty thing. Paul said, you're bigger than that. But you're living in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can, for real. He's keeping it real right here. 
but I'm doing it with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Oh, when's the last time you used the word expansively? Come on. Come on, when's the last time you described your life as expansive? When's the last time you looked at your kid and said, baby, live expansively? David, I don't even know what that word means. I know, we need to expand our vocabulary to think bigger and not smaller. Wow. Paul said, y'all, your life is bigger than you're giving it credit for. But you're thinking so small. It reminds me of Matthew 25 when Jesus said, what you have up, he who does not have, excuse me, this is Matthew 25. He who does not have, even what he has will be taken. I didn't think I had anything. Well, anything you do have, I'm gonna take that too because you haven't stewarded it. He does not have, but even what he has will be taken, Jesus said. That doesn't, that, okay, that's pretty strong language. Jesus is saying, whatever you're not giving me credit for, I'll remove from your life. I can't get ahead. Man, the system's against me. Man, and God's like, for sure. (laughs) Like, if that's what you're gonna believe, I've got an unlimited God on my side. God is for me, not against me. I'm not limited by my gender. I'm not limited by my upbringing. I'm not limited by the color of my skin. I'm not limited by my education. I'm not limited by who my parents were or were not. I'm not limited by my hometown. And God goes, wow, I can bless that. Because you're not living small. Paul said, I'm not making you small. He said, I want you to live a big life. Live big, believe big, think big, pray big, serve big, give big. He said, you aren't small, but you're living in a small way. You can can live in a small house, but live in a big way. See, we've, we've reduced big to a big car bill or a big square footage or a, a big expense. No, 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 no. You can, you can live wise and still live big. I live wise, but I don't live small. I live very wise, but I don't live small. Well, how do you know? Because I can look at my generosity. I can look at my impact. I can look at how I talk to my family. I can look at, the, at what I'm doing in my life. I live a wise life, but I don't live a small life or a safe life. I live a big life, but I live it under wisdom. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks, so is he. The Bible is not saying that you can think anything into existence. That's not what the Bible's saying. But here's what it means. It means that your life will live and thrive within the boundaries of your own mentality. Ooh, that was a lot. Let me give it to you again because I know y'all want it again. I'm not saying as a man thinketh so is he. Oh, yeah, you could just think it into, no. Like I can't think my way into being 6'8 and dunk the basketball like LeBron James or I can't, I can't think my way into, but what it does mean 
is that my life will live and thrive within the boundaries of my own mentality. Wow. Broken thinking will not lead to a whole life. Small thinking will not lead to a big life. And wrong thinking will not lead to the life you want. We have to stretch our thinking. Pray big, give big, serve big, love big, impact big, stretch big. I'm stretching my thinking. I want to think bigger. Can I get an amen? Anybody, anybody feeling this? Anybody feeling this today? Come on. I, I pray that at least one quote or one phrase a week, one sentence a week in church makes you just go, Oh, Ooh, I got to think about that. I hope I'm preaching that way. I hope I'm not just preaching stuff that you already know and it's like, amen, I'm good and he's good and we good. I hope at least one time a week you have to go, oh, I got to pray about that. I think I'm offended. Good. Because I'm offended. I'm preaching this to myself going, oh, God, hey, why you got to do me like that? Number two, stretch or work your weakness. Stretch your weakness, work your weakness. All right, let me get into the text a little bit here. Jesus walks in and he looks at the man and he says, stretch out your hand. Now, here's the reality. The reality is that the man with the withered hand, he would have had his withered hand covered at all times. He would have hidden it. He would have been ashamed of it. He, would have, he wouldn't have let anybody know about it because people would have judged him for it. So when Jesus says, stretch out your hand, he could have easily went, hey, how you doing? I'm good. All good. No, no, no weaknesses here. Nothing that makes me feel unqualified here. I'm good. No insecurities here. No struggle here. I'm good. And Jesus could have said, stretch out your, your hand, and he could have put out his good hand, and he would have never got healed. He would have never got better. He could have, he, you, gotta, you gotta learn how to stretch. You gotta learn how to work your weakness. Um, don't hide it. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't spend your whole life trying to improve it. Just give it to Jesus. Okay, so when I say weakness, I'm not talking about a character issue. When I say unqualified, I'm not, I don't mean disqualified. In other words, we're all going to stare at what God has for us, and we're going to feel unqualified. Not disqualified, but unqualified for sure. There's nothing in my life right now that makes me feel disqualified about leading this church, but I could name a thousand things that make me feel unqualified. Yeah? You should look at your life and hopefully not be disqualified, but you should definitely feel a little unqualified. But you have to give that to Jesus. Here's what I'm saying. There are gonna be things in your life that make you feel and tell you you can never do anything great. I'm not telling you to be in denial about your weakness, but I am asking you to give it to Jesus and put it in its proper place and proper perspective. 
Many of us only believe that God will use us once we're strong. <laughs> Keep waiting. But God told the apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, my strength is made perfect, not in your strength, in your weakness. God said, I'm not taking away your weakness. I'm just asking you to work with your weakness. His weakness was he desperately loved the church and they rejected him. That was his, his weakness was not an illness. God doesn't put anything on his kids that he already put on Jesus. Can I just stop for a second? So he doesn't put sickness on his kids because by his stripes we're healed. Okay, so he doesn't put sin or sickness or poverty on us because that was already born on the cross. Theology 101, the devil's bad, God's good. Okay, but, amen, but the thorn that Paul had to carry was this supernatural weight and love for the church and the church just kept rejecting him. And Paul goes, well, take it away. And God goes, I can't take it away. You'll lose all your impact. It's actually your weakness where my strength is made perfect. Okay. And, and a lot of times we want to work on our weakness and get rid of it instead of just giving it to God. Let me give you an example. Your kid comes home with a C in English and an A minus in math. And you know what you do? You get, you get him a tutor for English. Get him a tutor in math and put him in calculus. He's got, a, he's got a gift. I was a, I was a, and my, my dad worked for the school system. So I was a C minus in science and algebra or in math. I promise you I wasn't a C minus. I promise you I was an F or D and my dad pulled some strings. I promise you that. Can I tell you, I was an A plus, guess what? In choir, guitar, and English. So you know what my parents did? They got me a guitar teacher. They found the best guitar teacher in Albuquerque. They got me a vocal coach. Because my dad looked at my math grades and went, he's not gonna be an engineer. I'm not telling you to let your kid be lazy, but I am telling you, you a lot of times we're, we're, we obsess about our weakness, about that thing that makes us feel unqualified. Instead, just give that to the Lord and trust the Lord that his grace is sufficient and give God your weakness and work your weakness. Okay, see in the days, uh, the, the days of the church, the apostle Paul, there was another guy that was kind of rolling with Paul. His name was Apollos. And here's what we know. We know that Apollos was this phenomenal preacher. He had this gift of preaching. He was this unbelievable order that the, that the people loved. And they didn't like Paul's preaching. They actually would complain about Paul and go, you know, he's really good when he writes his books, but then he shows up and it's kind of like, oh. <laughs> Historians tell us that he probably had a high nasally voice. He was short. And uh, he, like, he literally put people to sleep in the book of Acts, people fall asleep while he was preaching. One kid fell asleep while he was preaching, fell out of a window, died. <laughs> okay, he wasn't the best preacher. Amen. He was long-winded, preached all through the night. Luke writes that. Luke is writing. He's like, and he preached all through the night. <laughs> Praise God, <laughs> you know. So Paul was not a good preacher. 
but he was an amazing writer. Can I tell you, we don't have one book in this Bible written by Apollos. Not saying Apollos was insignificant. He was very significant. But Paul learned how to work his weakness. Paul learned how to stretch his weakness. So 28% of your New Testament is written by Paul. Not a great preacher, excellent writer. Not a great orator, excellent author. And I love what, um, what Pastor Stephen Furtick says about this. He says, if Paul would have preached like Apollos, he would have never written like Paul. And a lot of you are obsessed with other people's strength. Or you've defined that this is strength and this is only strength. When strength is bigger than one thing. There's a lot of things I cannot do, but there's a few things I can do really well. And then I hire people to do the things that I cannot do. You know, that's true, right? I don't have, there's a lot. I'll call Jeff, mock me. Jeff, how do we do this? Can you fix this for me? Yeah, yeah, on it. I call Frank, I call Tom, I call Mitch, I call my wife 90 times a day. Babe, how do I get on my email? You know, I don't know how to do anything, but I know how to preach <laughs> and I know how to sing. So I stay in my zone. I haven't, I haven't built this church on being a, a jack of all trades. <laughs> I've, I've, built, I've built this church on being a master of two things. Study and the anointing. And that's what we built this. That's what I've, that's what I've built this on. Because I can't do all the other stuff. Literally, we were in staff meeting on Tuesday. And within four minutes of staff meeting, I was on Instagram. <laughs> I'm the pastor. And I'm on it. And Shannon goes, are you serious? I went, sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry. But I, but I know my strength and I know my weakness. You know, it's amazing that, um, uh, and, and if you've done this, don't feel bad about it because we don't feel bad about it. But every week, someone will have a word for Shannon. Every week, you're gonna preach. In the name of Jesus, you're gonna preach. You're gonna preach. You're gonna preach. While they're standing in a church that she built. <laughs> it, my, okay, here's my point. It may not be the churchy strength you think of, but she's a CEO of this company. She's a CEO of Launch Sunday, her other company. She's a CEO of her, of her own stuff. She's the CEO of the Chavises. She's this, but, but, her, but her strength is not churchy, but this whole thing has been built on the structure. Like I might, I might be the, the, like the guts of this thing, but she's the bones and the muscle of this thing, right? And so... I just say that to say it may not be the strength that you are tempted to think that you need because of what Instagram tells you or what other ministry people tell you or what or the limitate the, the things that you think in your mind is like this is the thing. But she's embraced her strength and her weakness. She's like, oh, I don't want to touch him. Like, uh-uh, no, no, no. If God ever gives me anything to say, I'll say it. But until then, I'm like, okay, cool. So I'll keep preaching. You keep building. And God keeps blessing. But you gotta, you gotta, you, you gotta give God your weakness and just go, that's not my thing. And be confident enough to look at people and go, that's not my thing. But this is my thing. Am I helping you? Okay. Number three, 
Miracles are always in the stretch. Stretch your thinking. Number one, stretch your weakness, number two. Number three, miracles are always in the stretch. Jesus said, stretch out your hand. Everything you want in life is in the stretch. Believing God, getting out of the comfort zone, going all in, it's in the stretch. (laughs) It's in the stretch. few things that are coming up in the life of our church. Maybe you haven't stretched in this area. We have small groups starting. We have financial peace starting. Why don't you stretch? So you want me to like show up at a stranger's house to talk about the Bible? It's a stretch, but you're going to meet great people. The most connected people in our church are in small groups. The people who love City Light the most are in small groups. Are they going to like, are they going to make me take my shoes off? I don't know. Wear clean socks. I don't know. (laughs) Stretch. So you want like financial peace? It's like nine weeks and it's $99 and it's like, and then I got to get a babysitter and I got to, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. But I would rather you stretch now than be 60, 70, 80 years old going, I don't have any money. I don't know what to do. Amen. Stretch. Stretch. Stretch for the 99 bucks. Stretch to find a sitter. Walk into class. Let Dave Ramsey scream at you and tell you, you're stupid. You got that credit card, you're stupid. You got that big card, no, you're stupid. And you got to get past the offense because he's really mean. But then you Stretch. And you get better and you get bigger. And you start getting in charge of your money. Stretch. Mm-hmm. Baptisms are tonight. I don't know. I'm going to be in front of people. I'm going to get wet. Am I gonna... Yeah, you're going to get wet. <laughs> Is my hair going to get wet? Yep, it's going to get wet. You could wear a hairnet, I guess, or a, or a shower cap. But, I mean, your, your face is going to get wet. Yeah, make, you know, makeup might run. You might lose an eyelash in the water. <laughs> Stretch. It's like a little uncomfortable. What are people? Stretch. Go public with your faith. Stretch. Worship. So many times in worship, we just kind of, this is a lot. I know it's a lot. You just got to stretch. And you, and you feel so uncomfortable at first. I don't, can, you, can anybody remember that kind of that first time you really worshiped and how weird? That, it's like, uh, lift your hands. Okay. Why? Where? Where do I put them? What position? <laughs> Sin secure. Sing it out. You just hate that when our worship leaders do that. Sing it loud. And then they get off the mic and you're like, I'm gonna. Ah, oh, there's somebody else singing. <laughs> you tricked me, Malena. I know. Ha, ha. Just. But you got to learn how to stretch. There's, I'm not a really good singer. That's why we run this music so loud. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We have ten speakers so that we don't hear you. So that you can just worship without inhibition. It's a stretch. Giving. Giving's a stretch. Giving's a stretch. I get it. It's a stretch. 
But miracles are always in the stretch. Am I helping you? They're always in the stretch. This church will always stretch. This church is always going to reach for more. Can I just tell you on our two-year anniversary that we're always going to be believing for more. We're always going to be helping more people. We will always run from apathy, run from safe, run from comfort, and run into the faith zone and run into the stretching zone. I'm telling you, you got to stretch. Miracles are always in the stretch. Moses, stretch forth and see the miracle. Isaiah, you want a bigger life? Stretch forth and expand the place of your dwelling. The psalmist said, stretch out your hands towards God. Peter had to stretch out his hand and pick up the paralyzed man in the book of Acts. And of course, the Lord Jesus, in order to save humanity, had to stretch. He said, is there any way, Father, for me to do this without stretching? Is there any way for us to save humanity without me going to the cross? Nevertheless, not my will, your will, stretch. Wow. And the miracle was in the stretch. And your miracle is in the stretch. And your miracle is when you leave the comfort zone and go all in. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen, church? Come on, say amen to this preacher. Clap your hands and say amen. Let me have the worship team come.